evening and welcome to our very special Snapdragon Twitter Spaces broadcast. Make sure you mute. <laughs> so uh, we are joining, um, getting things started right now. So I'm going to invite our various um, speakers and listeners. So we're just getting started here. We have our, there we go. I'm going to add the, always the first part of any Twitter spaces broadcast is pressing all the little buttons to make sure we have the right people on here. So just pulling up. Okay. Just requested. There we go. Okay. Great. There we go. <laughs> Always a challenge making sure we have all the technical parts out there. So again, make sure we have our sound down here. Thank you everyone for your for your patience as we get started. Okay. So again, uh, good morning. Welcome to beautiful Santa Clara, California, uh, for the Augmented World Expo that we're here for, the 2022 Augmented World Expo. Uh, my name is Jason Woodmancy. I'm your Twitter Spaces host. I'll be guiding you through the conversation today. For those of you not in the know, although I'm assuming if you're joining this space, you are somewhat in the know, AWE is the Augmented World Expo, like I mentioned. It's the annual conference for the AR and VR industry. Um, we like to call it Extended Reality, or XR. So you'll hear us talking about XR. And so since we're at uh, AWE, this is a perfect opportunity to talk about the latest in XR news with our special guests. So first and foremost, we have uh, Hugo Swart, who is the VP and GM of Qualcomm's XR business. Say hi, Hugo. Hey, hi, everyone. Thanks for listening in. Excited to be talking about the future of XR here with you. Okay, and then we have Nanea Reeves, who is the CEO and co-founder of Trip. Good morning. I'm happy to be here. And then uh, Thrillseeker, who is a XR industry analyst, content creator, and founder of the XR-focused media company, Thrillseeker Media Group. Hello there. Right. Hi. Good to see you, Thrill. So as we're getting started here, um, one of the things we were just talking before we got started with the actual space about some of the uh, initial experiences with XR that, uh, that we've all had. And so why don't we kind of start off with that kind of icebreaker type of question about your first experiences in XR and Thrill, since I'm looking at you. Mm -hmm. Why don't you start off and talk a little bit about your experience with XR and also um, kind of why you got so interested in the space? Yeah, for sure. So my very first experience um, was on an Oculus Rift DK2 uh, back in college. And yeah, a friend had ordered one. And, um, you know, back in that time, like we didn't all have the spare change to order our, our, our own. So we kind of gathered around and tried out some roller coaster simulators. <laughs> so that was my very first experience. And then um, after that, whenever I was finished with college, I got my um, CV1, and then it's kind of history since then. Uh, I've just been crazy into anything XR related. Uh, it started with VR, but yeah, so 
started early on with AI development kit. All right. Sounds good. Nanea, how about yourself? Well, uh, I actually uh, have a picture of that first day I tried it. Um, I was an early investor in Oculus, and I worked with the team at a cloud gaming company called Gaikai. And Brendan Iribi, the founding CEO of Oculus, invited me and uh, Zach Norman, who became uh, my co-founder at Trip my late husband, Vic, and my cousin, Keanu Reeves. And we all went down to try the Oculus Dream Deck demo that day. And the whole ride home, I was blown away. And I knew I wanted to do something in VR. And Zach and I started developing this solitaire game in a haunted house just to get used to making something. We were working at a company called Text Plus at the time. So it was just kind of a side thing we were exploring and that led to the foundation of trip. But uh, yeah, it was a cool day. I'm and sorry, what, who did you say your cousin was? Yeah, that guy. So Keanu Reeves? <laughs> yeah. Not a Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Yeah. In Neo matrix. Yep. I like how you just kind of went right over that. <laughs> yeah. Very casually. I keep it mostly, um, you know, it's, yeah. It's cousin Keanu. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it was really a fun day. And I realized that this was a new way to experience reality. That was very exciting to me. There was something about how I felt going in and out of that experience that really on the ride home from Orange County, I live in, in LA, I, I just couldn't understand what I had just experienced. And that really was like this huge light bulb moment for me. All right. Hugo, how about yourself? I also had a light bulb moment, but it was actually on an opposite um, way. The first VR experience I had was uh, using cardboard. Mm. So um, I had this whole expectation of what VR could be. But then you try a, a VR experience, you know, with your phone. I remember back in, uh, what was it, 2014, 15, and you're just like, wow, this is not what I expected. I think we can do better. hundred percent. In fact, when you asked me, of course, I had tried cardboard before that yeah. day. Yeah. But I never even thought of it the same way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's disappointing. But, but that kind of triggered me to, hey, I think we can do better. Even reutilizing technology we have today in mobile. Mm -hmm. If you have something a little more custom built for VR. Um, and that's what actually triggered my interest in, uh, in the space. Yeah, and I think those expectations about what VR is supposed to be uh, is significantly different than what you actually got, especially a few years ago. Uh, I, I, I'd imagine VR is this portal to a different world that maybe you weren't even like kind of supposed to go, you know, yeah. it was like this uh, weird, weird place. And then you actually put on a headset, especially, you know, in, in 2015 and uh, you know, it's a little different than that, but <laughs> definitely inspires the the imagination. Yeah, and Thrill, you really nailed it with the portal to a place that you're not supposed to go. That was really the approach that we leaned into right away at Trip mm -hmm. was embracing, why don't we use this in a way to give you experiences that you can only have in VR, not trying to just simulate reality? Because what we found was, 
when we started prototyping, if you had a mental model already for what a beach or a waterfall should feel like and smell like, because there is kind of a feeling on your skin when you're at the beach, our brains were kind of going, there's something wrong. It was almost like, I don't know what, we should come up with a word for uncanny valley for VR, where you have sort of this sort of weird environment response that something's not quite right. No, definitely. Um, just one, one more thing on that about uh, like very familiar places is I do a lot of like VR music events. Mm -hmm. um, and this is actually a shirt for, for like from my favorite club in VR. Oh, yeah. Uh, what is that? Shelter. Uh, yeah. So um, something interesting is that there are a million trillion ways that you can make a, a club in VR, like a music experience. In right. VR. Uh, and you can do the same thing that people have been doing since music events existed. Or you can do something totally out of this world. Right. You know, I'm into and that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's something really cool about VR. And how do you compare the real club versus the virtual club? It it can potentially be better than the uh real or than the physical reality club yeah. experience. It yeah. it could but it also is is only better in certain ways. Um you know if, if you're if you're doing things that you can't do in a physical club, then it could be better in those ways. Um the great the, the best part is that you can um, do your whole clubbing experience four or five hours and then you can just go hop into bed you know yeah. Im immediately after Actually, <laughs> I really like the club kind of environment right but what I don't like is you know staying up until 3 a.m so if you could just do an experience in the afternoon right and you know be with then well, what's the word for afternoon club <laughs> But the great thing is that um, these, these these clubs are hosted by uh, people from all over the the world. So um, if if there's something that doesn't fit to your time zone, then just check a different time zone. Follow the sun. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and I, I like I like thinking about how we can do community interactions differently. Like you think about, um, I've talked about this a lot. I I don't understand the one to one mapping of an avatar to my human existence. Because even when I play video games, John Riccatello, my old boss, said this yesterday, you know, I want to lose my sense of self or I want to adopt a different persona in Sims than from Battlefield and, you know, and be someone else in that moment. But also when I think about like innovation, why can't I spawn off six or eight arms and play digital instruments that only exist in the metaverse, you know? And so you could think of audience interaction musically at a concert in a way where they're contributing to the sound experience as well. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Well, um, that's some really good conversation right there. And I think one of the things we want to transition to, we were talking about how we're, you know, here, here at AWE this week, you were talking about some of the uh, keynote talks that were yesterday mm -hmm. but um, why don't we just talk a little bit about why each one of you guys are at uh awe and what you're doing here so hugo why don't we start with uh start with you sure yeah i think it very much relates to the conversation that uh, we're just having here you know with uh with qualcomm you know we we started working in snapdragon for xr a long time ago uh, we invested a lot on making the hardware um enable the industry with the devices you know with our chips our technology but here at awe we want to expose that to developers 
you know, to create the experiences that we, you know, just talked about that, um, you know, maybe um, I cannot think of, but hey, there are millions of people that uh, want to develop, want to create. And, and we created a, a developer platform, Snapdragon Spaces, um, not com too confused with the spaces we're using right now. Very appropriate to be having a Twitter Spaces talk about <laughs> Snapdragon Spaces. Yeah. So, so we announced the Snapdragon Spaces back in November um, last year. Um, we had some early access developers, including Trev. And, um, and, and at AWE, we're announcing that we're making it GA. Uh, that means that any developer in the world that wants to uh, have access to our SDK uh, now uh, have access um, to it, can download the SDK, can buy um, developer kit, uh, which essentially is a Motorola uh, Edge Plus phone plus a Lenovo A3 Glass and start to create, you know, this new chapter really of, uh, of, uh, of XR uh, with, uh, with AR glasses. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to see what kind of experiences we start um, to, um, to see with, uh, with spaces. So, Nenea, why don't you talk a little bit about what your company is doing at AWE and maybe a little bit more about your company uh, in general. We didn't really talk about that. Yeah, sure. Share well, a little bit more would be good. Yeah, Trip is dedicated to creating experiences that come together in what we're now really calling the mindful metaverse. And I can talk about how that spans mobile, mobile AR. Uh, uh, we're demonstrating at AWE in the Qualcomm booth some mindful interactions on the new Snapdragon Spaces glasses. Uh, we have some breathing exercises that guide you through um, uh, breathing. There's a little mini game to focus your attention. There's some cool calming portals that you can meditate to with your eyes open. And, uh, uh, and so we're excited to share that, you know, get, being an early access partner two Snapdragon spaces allowed us to start development on this catalog offering uh, that we will continue to evolve over time and definitely looking to integrate it with what we're building on Niantic Lightship's platform, which is very cool to get people out into physical public spaces to meditate together and then contribute to transforming it through augmented reality. And obviously the glasses experience of that will have a much more interactive, powerful impact than just, you know, through the mobile phone camera. So it's really this ecosystem of XR, which I believe is multi-platform. We approach it more like reality layering with VR experiences being the fullest uh, immersion. So you can try Trip now on PlayStation VR, Oculus VR, uh, um, the HTC Vive Flow, and, uh, and now, and Nreal glasses, uh, our AR experiences uh, we're demoing, as I said, on Snapdragon, I think the Lenovo devices in the Qualcomm booth today. And, uh, and over this year, we'll start to expand across more devices. Then we have a whole live community that's in open worlds called the Evolver community. We acquired them 
in uh, February, we announced it, and they're doing 40 live group meditations a week that you can jump into, and we can talk about some of the really cool experiences that can happen around mental health and managing your emotional well-being with community in the metaverse, as well as these self-care experiences through XR that we're building. Oh, that's great. Um, Thrill, how about yourself? What brings you here to AWE? Yeah, so uh, I am a content creator through and through. And so um, I, my biggest thing is sharing my excitement and what I do with everybody. There are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people that are very, very interested in what happens at places like this and what's going on with um, XR and VR and AR and, and like everything in between. And so... Um, Really, I'm, I'm trying to capture that the the energy of this place and what's happening here and, and share it with people uh, because there are also many, many people that don't even know about what's happening yet. You know, mm -hmm. they, they might not know until uh, a consumer product is launched in, in four years, uh, but there are many people that are just following every step of the way. And so not everybody can make it out to these events and not everybody even has the chance to try out all the hardware. And so I document and I share that experience with all of my, all my people. And what has your experience been so far this week? Oh, it's been amazing. I, I've almost every single one of the companies on the show floor, I, I walked through before it was ready yesterday. Uh, and it, it felt very weird because I've, I've covered almost every single one of those companies at some point, And it felt like I was walking through the history of, of my channel. Even um, I was like, Oh, that, that company, that company I've, 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 I've talked about them. I don't know. It's, it's, it's almost surreal because uh, for the past three years, I've been, um, I, I feel very intimately close with these companies because I've, I've deep dived and done a ton of research and I've shared and I've had conversations with people um, totally like third person with, without the company's involvement. And now they're all here in one place and it's been really awesome. And the, the, uh, the general community here has been really incredible. It's like a, a big family. Everybody's mm. just excited. Yeah, I think we're going to look back at these days with a lot of fondness as, as all of us pioneer this build out. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, that's one thing I've definitely felt is the kind of excitement, the early days, things are really coming into fruition that you can kind of experience now as opposed to talk about, right. I think. And I think there's a lot of uh, excitement. Well, and there's also a really, I mean, you know, being a, a female founder with a, you know, multicultural background, I'm Hawaiian, Chinese, and Irish. And um, I think there's a lot of diversity in the XR community that really helps create a more expansive content offering. Um, you look at what Joanna Popper did with Brianna's Garden and uh, how to use XR to build empathy has been something from the very beginning of XR content creation. And I think this is a really important attribute of what's happening in XR that's very different from Web 1.0, even mobile development, which I was and I was at an early mobile game company that Qualcomm was an investor in. And I think I was the only woman I saw <laughs> for a long time in working in mobile gaming. And so it's really awesome to see more parity in the development community itself. So, but, you know, just um, picking a bit on what you said about the parallel, the comparison with the mobile internet. Mm -hmm. I also started my career in early 2000s. Yeah, me too. And mm -hmm. uh, it was, uh, you know, working on data 
on phones. Right? Were was, you at Qualcomm back in the brew days? Uh, yeah, I joined, but I, I was uh, uh, working on a new 3G standard, EVDO. Jeez, oh, I remember EVDO. <laughs> but it was all about, hey, what kind of uh, experiences can I bring to smartphones? Mm-hmm. And everyone, oh, I can do video, I can do video calling, I can do navigation. And everyone kind of saw, hey, the vision, the types of applications. Not everyone. When we were raising money, Qualcomm yeah. was one of the few that really got what we were trying to do because we yeah. kept hearing no one will ever want to play a game on their cell phone. Yeah, yeah. that's true. But I, what I meant is kind of we looked at the use cases and we just knew, hey, but for that, you need a little better display, you mm. need faster connectivity, you need, you know, better processors. And, you know, it was just uh, year over year getting better. Yep. And then you see all the use cases that we thought, maybe not everyone, but at least the people working in the industry, and they all came to fruition. And this is, you know, what I feel in XR, you know, where, you know, a few of us in the industry, we see the vision and... You know, we contribute each one with a, a part of it. And over the course of a few years, I mean, it's really transformative. Yeah. I mean, we've already seen the yeah. shift. But I think we have to zoom out because what happened with mobile in those early days when we were working with Qualcomm on the Brew platform and doing downloadable games for the first time, it really was less about mobile and more about computing moving from the desk to the hand yeah. and computing being something you did at work to being ubiquitous. And now we're in this same type of major revolution that computing is now starting to migrate parts of it to the head. And that's really underway. I think the industry needs to kind of get out of these verticals of VR, AR, mobile. It's There will be a confluence in much the same way that when we first started working on Brew, yeah. I had a Nintendo Game Boy, I had a Canon camera, I had a, a you know, Motorola Razor phone, I had you know all these other devices. And one of them was called my phone. Now all of them have come together into something I call my phone. I believe we will be looking for, can you pass me my glasses? Yeah. I need to do some work. <laughs> and yeah. In, in, you know, another comparison is, you know, today we have a bunch of uh, 2D screens. Mm -hmm. right? You have your phone, the TV, the laptop, um, you name it. And, um, and, you know, with glasses, do I need these screens, right? It's just everything is now in front of your eyes. And I think um, I, I agree with you that it's just a, such a transformative um, shift that we're going through where computing in general has been experienced through 2D screens right now. Right. And, and with uh, AR, VR, all the, you know, that's another reason I like to call it XR, you know, yeah. any kind of uh, reality. Um, it's computing space. Yes, right. Spatial. Yeah. Yeah, it's spatial computing. Yeah. And a sound is very important attribute. We were just talking about haptics, potentially yeah. even in the headsets, and and what we could do with that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm excited about the innovation ahead. Right, and it's actually funny that you mentioned um, the idea of screens being anywhere. Like, why would you necessarily need screens? Uh, and I, I find I find it interesting why. Are how more companies aren't 
spearheading the XR industry um, because it is the most potentially disruptive technology ever. I mean, uh, mm. like I, I think it has potential to change architecture, uh, change uh, screens, the way that we work, the way that we view, the way mental that we health, together, yeah. mental health, everything. Mm -hmm. Like there is not a single uh, segment of of anything where the XR industry isn't potentially totally revolutionary and disruptive. Yeah, and I'd love to see an evolution of people really focusing on UX for spatial because right now even our own app I, it makes me nuts. It's all like little menus floating in space. We're still thinking of it from a 2D UX experience. Right. Uh, and um, and then also our brains have changed by being so feed focused. Yeah. Everything is feed oriented. We insert ads into feeds and and we are consuming content in little bite size through the feeds. What is the spatial uh, shift for? And I don't know that we necessarily want to embrace a spatial feed. Do you know that could be really disruptive on so many levels, just even to our emotional and mental well-being? So there are some ethics and standards, too, that I think we need to at least start to explore and ask these questions now. No, for sure. So that was really good. Uh, look into kind of where we see the potential going and mm -hmm. where we see the future going. I want to kind of turn the conversation over towards the now and where things are now. And, you know, we were talking about Snapdragon spaces, obviously at the beginning. Uh, that's one of the reasons why, you know, Hugo, why you're here and why we're here from a, a Snapdragon and Qualcomm perspective. Um, so why don't we talk a little bit about that practicality and how Snapdragon Spaces will help developers and kind of what people can do now with Snapdragon Spaces and uh, what kind of what both from what we give and then I know Nea, you can probably talk a little bit about what you get uh, from it. So yeah. why don't we start with you kind of talking about what sure. you what you, what you get what we give? Yeah, I mean, let me just uh, also give a, a bit more background on Snapdragon Spaces and why you know we're doing this. What we felt is that by working with the multiple hardware manufacturers, you know, we call them OEMs, um, we saw that, you know, each one of them was trying to do their own developer effort, their own SDK. And we felt that, hey, it's very difficult, both for the developer and for Qualcomm, to be having all this fragmentation in the market. Mm -hmm. And we felt that, hey, if Qualcomm can create more of a, a horizontal platform that is cross-device, right? That you develop once and can be available in multiple OEM hardware. I mean, that would benefit the whole industry, you know, to really to flourish. And um, that's kind of a one of the reasons we say, hey, we really want to um, start 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 with the uh, this this effort with the with developers. But now to your question, uh, what do we offer? Um, it's an SDK uh, to, uh, with tools to develop um, in spatial computing, right? So uh, we have features like uh, plane detection. You know, if you're an AR developer, you need to know, oh, where am I going to anchor my digital elements on top of the real world? Um, another important feature is position tracking. You know, how, do you, how is your head moving and how am I going to translate um, your head movement into the virtual content uh, movement. Um, we're going to introduce new features like the hand tracking, 3D reconstruction, object detection, 
So, I mean, it's, it's really uh, a pool of uh, features that are critical to developing um, digital content in, in space. And together with the SDK, we have the hardware developer kit that I mentioned a few minutes ago, um, which is, you know, the Novo A3 uh, glass uh, paired with uh, Motorola Edge Plus phone. So that's all really developers need, you know, download our SDK, get the hardware developer kit. And um, as we in parallel work on getting more and more hardware devices um, out there, uh, we want to work together with the community. We want to work together with the developers that have ideas that want to um, be the front runners in this new um, uh, paradigm in computing. Um, that's why and why we are here and what we are offering right now. But happy to hear and you know how yeah. experience with spaces. It was uh, well, you know, we had worked with your team early on in the Unreal team just to ideate on what meditation in AR could look like through glasses. And so we built out a catalog on that. And then once we got the Snapdragon Spaces SDK, and it was still a work in progress, there were updates all the time, we had one developer working on it. We were able to get the port done very quickly, like less than two weeks, uh, at, at, like where it was actually functional and and very playable. And I think the embracing of OpenXR and, you know, really approaching standardization is critical because, you know, when I first started working in mobile, there was no standardization. Everybody was trying to do proprietary, you know, feature sets. It was so onerous for a development team to be able to get across all of those devices and you know the industry was very much thwarted by that until we saw android and ios kind of stabilize that condition so what you're doing i believe is a major contribution to the evolution of this transition to spatial computing and um, i was very uh, happy with how quickly Peter Kennedy, who's our technology director and most familiar with the code, that he could do it, which means we could have more junior people actually contribute to the scale out very quickly. Oh, that's great to hear. And um, uh, one more thing I wanted to say is that with Spaces, we're not trying to recreate, you know, Android or any kind of, uh, you know, full... Um, end-to-end -end platform with the uh, content distribution and so forth. All we have is really the SDK to develop um, apps um, in space. Um, you know, the application is still an Android application. It's still an APK. Um, you still use um, a Unity or Unreal yeah. as 3D engines. It's just that the SDK offered this additional um, capabilities to move your app that you have in or 2D screens um, and move them uh, into uh, space. And, you know, I, I think when you mentioned you already had an app on Unreal, mm -hmm. I mean, there are other developers that had apps in other platforms. So I think that's one of the type of developers that we're um, uh, targeting. Mm -hmm. But there's also, you know, very interesting for those of you who um, saw my keynote yesterday at the AWE. Which was great, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, we had Resolution Games on stage. Mm -hmm. So they had a VR game, you know, popular, Demio, and they said, hey, basically, if I remove the background of my app, 
Now the VR app, it's fairly easy to port it to AR because it's kind of the you know tabletop type game. So um, that's a second type of developer that um, we want to work closely with. And um, and then there's also something you know that we start to uh, see interest is for developers that have um, um, smartphone or traditional mobile type application, but just want to add a layer mm -hmm. of AR. So you still have your main app on the phone, but then maybe uh, outside the phone have something floating around that makes the experience richer. Um, and um, so again, I think there's a lot of potential for different type of developers to um, use spaces. In your talk yesterday, you actually showed one of the clearest um, uh, timelines or roadmaps that I've seen in any XR presentation around how to use the device to offload the computing to and how that will eventually be drawing from the edge as yeah. well. And there might be a hybrid where if the edge is not a strong signal, it can roll over to the device. And I think that is uh, something as application developers, because, you know, the team at Gaikai was a cloud gaming no, company. Right. It's, a, it's a different, another Qualcomm investment. Thank you. Um, the, um, we, it was a whole new way to learn how to develop applications because you had these lightweight clients on the mm -hmm. device and they were inputting you know it was just the inputs almost like functioning like a controller or the upstream to the cloud or now the 5g edge and a lot of the development work was on sort of the network traffic shaping if packets got dropped and how do you interpolate that or use ai um, to help with the effects of different traffic conditions or network conditions and we have to start wrapping our heads around that yeah. kind of app development now trip actually is has a working version of one of our quest experiences streaming from the edge with pc grade graphics in it so you could see the quality improvement so and we could do a side by side of what's local on the client at the 72 frames per second um, uh, requirement for the quest, but then what the edge will contribute. Uh, it's, you know, the ubiquity will be important for that, but it is something I, I would encourage the development community and XR to start experimenting with the thinking. And we can use devices. So your application is a really good, your SDK is a really good opportunity for newer or younger developers to start thinking that way because it's a very different way to program and build yeah all right well one of the things i wanted to make sure we got to here in the discussion is some questions from our snapdragon insiders and so as you guys may know we have a community of snapdragon fans um, that follow us on our social channels and uh, and things like that and we uh, prompted for some questions and we did get some and i want to uh, make sure we got here in the in the conversation so uh, uh these questions were for michael who's one of our uh uh, insiders bonjour michael uh, i know you're out there listening uh so his question was about um first question was about hybrid work and hybrid gaming about how you see those types of things working at thrill maybe i'll start with you how do you see 
like I know those are two very different things. What you might do at work, what much you might do gaming. But obviously, you've had some experience working with these different companies and seeing what's happening. How do you see those things kind of working in the future? Yeah, I've I've thought about working in in VR and obviously like in any XR device for a long time. Um, I would love to bring my my own personal workflow away from the screen. I find the screen to be pretty draining. Uh, mm. I sit editing videos for long long periods of time. Um, or I, I've been uh, uh, producing a lot of music lately, which I find that for something as or, as organic as producing music, something that sounds good, um, staring at a screen in, in uh, Ableton is 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 very weird. Um, and I, I thought about what it means to take my my own personal workflow to an XR device, and it, it's right now um, that means putting on a, a VR headset, a high resolution headset, and uh, it just having a, a, a larger screen or more screen real estate because it's obviously, you know, you, you just look around, it's spatial. Um, and I don't think that's quite good enough, uh, not nearly good enough. It needs to be like an, an additive experience. And with um, something like a VR headset, there is so much potential to completely rethink the way that we work. Uh, if I'm looking at a timeline or clips or audio, uh, it doesn't have to just be the normal timeline that you think of. There could be so many different ways that you could work with it, right? Uh, you could physically move stuff with your hand, look at a clip or grab a clip and put your head into it rather than, uh, you know, dragging your mouse over it. There's, there's so many ways that you could change productivity. And uh, who knows, like these sorts of ways or these sorts of things that, um, that, we, that, 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 like, that we work with software now uh, may not be compatible with some people that would create things. Um, but the way that we would work in the future could be far more open for more people working um, in some sort of creative field. And so uh, I, I really, I'm looking for it for the long term, a, a totally different workflow and way that we work with software. Um, in, in the short term, I'm thinking of, um, you know, I, I, I really love the, the track overlay that you showed because that was uh, my like mind was racing because I was like, I really don't, uh, play a lot of like racing games, you know, so that wasn't like a, an application that I was like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to load this up and try this for myself. But um, I, I, I was I was thinking about, um, you know, mini maps on 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 game or like, you know, like a, a shooter game, for example, or uh, I mean, really, the the, the possibilities are, are quite endless. Um, taking the things that aren't uh, that don't need to be on a screen or that are taking up screen real estate and, and taking them away. Um, really like that's that that's amazing to me um the possibilities are are endless uh, taking your your audio mixer and moving it off the screen uh you know it's where it's 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 floating above uh above your workspace i, I don't know there there are so many things you could possibly do the 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 the, the potentials are endless and it's really up to um just trying kind of everything <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think yeah and um, we're building right now cross-platform fully so uh, in VR, if you take care of yourself, you meditate in VR or on our mobile app, by the end of the year, we will present you with a gift as for taking care of yourself. And the camera will open up, whether it's on your mobile phone or in mixed reality, pass through, and you can persist that object in the physical world, whether it's a public space or a personal space. That's what we're using Niantic Lightship for. 
and uh, and this they will grow and glow over time. We'll have community contribution to public spaces. This will all be within the next few months on trips. So there's a lot when you think about interoperability cross-platform as it all just being spatial, but you're in different modes, then I think, you know, it's been exciting for us to innovate that way as opposed to saying this is our AR app, this is our VR app, this is our mobile app. How do they all kind of flow together seamlessly? And then, of course, you know, what what will Snapdragon Space's glasses do to enhance that even further, your interaction with the physical world. That, that so that'll be live on trip by the end of the year. All right, that's great. Another question that he had was about uh, kind of security and privacy. Mm. We're talking a lot about how immersive and how a big part of your life a lot of these things in XR can be. Yeah, which also brings on additional intrusions possibly mm -hmm. and additional privacy and security concerns so hugo maybe this one you want to start with like how do you see um those kinds of challenges to be solved and how do we kind of avoid people feeling less comfortable with using these things because they're worried about security and privacy and things like that well i think the key one is really um user authentication right you want to make sure that uh, you can really identify the the avatar or, you know, the digital experience really represents um, um, who you are. And, um, and then um, some of it, I think, has to be, um, you know, we need some kind of regulation as well, you know, cross-platform where uh, these things, you know, how we interact with the metaverse, this digital worlds are, are discussed. Um, and then one point um, that I think Aniam referenced before is we also don't want to be polluted mm -hmm. the digital content in front of you right and and i think ai will play a big part on you know what's useful and what's noise um you know if you see you know if people around the globe start leaving digital content you know anchored in spaces and you see all of it you're actually going to see none of it Right, because it's just going to be a mess. Sure. So, so I think that's kind of um, a really a platform um, challenge that um, we need to overcome with um, user uh, preference, context, all in, in the mix. Especially also biometric data collection, right? We just received a patent in that area, and uh, we do a lot in our clinical research in mental health, but I think, you know, there are some ethics that need to be considered about this type of data collection. And Jeremy Balenson at Stanford did a uh, really detailed research initiative on how quickly, even just through head tracking and body movement, you can create a digital fingerprint with XR technology. Like in less than 40 seconds, I think, is research identified. And, you know, you've got cameras that are outward facing and so there really is uh, a need for all of us even with the best intentions in this industry we're going to make mistakes i don't think anybody really realized that the way the algorithms drive feeds that it could actually change political outcomes etc when they were trying to figure out how do we monetize this so i do think it's important for us as an industry to come together and have these conversations and uh, and start to set some standards, as you said, and regulation as well, because, you know, it's a very intimate interface. 
right? I, I found that study very, uh, very interesting. It was something like with five minutes of wearing a VR headset, uh, you know, you could be identified, even if your data is depersonalized, mm -hmm. you can be identified uh, up to like 90% 90, 90 accuracy. Um, and that would only get better over time. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I, I personally am just, uh, I, I love hardware. I love, like, I love the idea of eye tracking, face tracking, all really any sort of um, input that you can translate from your body into the uh, virtual world. It's, it's, it's awesome. Um, but there's a huge amount of responsibility. It's huge risk. Too. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so um, whenever you start going down the rabbit hole of uh, kind of breaking down humanity into these numbers, I guess like the big data problem, right? Whenever um, I, I, I imagine uh, there's, this, there's this future where you're in your, you're like in your XR device with eye tracking, right? And you're looking down and the, uh, something knows that you stare at red more than blue. And so all of your advertisements come in red and they're like, oh, okay, well, you like this shape. And so, you know, mm -hmm. you, they're all- That's all, already all, starting. All these things, exactly. Yeah. And so um, it, it is a really, really scary thing, but um, regulation and really coming together as an industry for the protection of- So there are ways you can do this just on the device and not collect that data mm -hmm. but you can do it in a way that empowers the user with their own biofeedback loops and uh so these are things i think uh, uh we can set some standards around well can you believe it's already been 45 minutes oh my gosh, in our really? discussion wow. uh, no. so we probably need to start wrapping uh things up one last uh a couple different things here before we kind of do the I would call the plugs at the end here to make uh -huh. sure everyone knows where to find things. One of the other questions that uh, kind of came up from uh, from Michael, our Snapdragon Insider, but also I've seen other places as well, is the term the metaverse. Mm. Um, how, you know, we've talked about, you know, Snapdragon is your ticket to the metaverse. Um, you know, Facebook famously have changed their name to meta. Mm -hmm. um, how do you guys feel about the phrase the metaverse and and where do you do you think it's something that's temporary? Do you think that that's kind of where it's going? I'm just kind of curious to get your expert opinions on on, on that aspect of things. I, I'm all in on it. You know, I, I I've read Snow Crash probably about 89 times, and uh, uh, as well as Ready Player One. I do think that um, there is uh, it's a distributed world though i believe and there'll be many different access points into the metaverse uh, i think interoperability is a nice goal but having worked in tech for a long time and been bought and sold a few times uh you know throughout my career working with someone else's code and trying to integrate it into yours is never an easy thing so i think um, platforms like unity and unreal help with that conceptually, um, but uh, I'm, I, I believe it's a distributed meet you where you are kind of touch point. And, uh, uh, and I think decentralization and Web3 will have a huge impact on introducing new types of earning models. I know we've seen a lot of bad actors right now in the early days, similar to what we saw in the dot-com early days as well. Um, but I still believe in the um, vision of a decentralized, even internet, that will be spatial. 
Thrill, thrill. How about you? What do you think about the phrase and the term? Yeah, I, well, a few years ago, um, two or three years ago, like my my friend group was actually actually called our friend, our like friend group metaverse. Like, uh, it was thrill seeker metaverse. Um, and the idea behind that is that we were friends in VR. We all met in VR, um, and then we were also friends in Discord and flat screen games. And mm-hmm. we were we and then we eventually all met in person, and we became really great friends. Uh, whether it was VR or physical reality or staring in Discord, we were all friends. And it was, so it was, it was our little metaverse. Um, and uh, the idea behind that really is applicable to kind of, if you just blow up that, that, that scale, um, really that's what I think of whenever I've always, always thought of the word metaverse is it's, we were interoperable friends. It doesn't matter what reality we're in, uh, we're, we have our, our uh, connections between each other. And I like how you establish your relationship before even meeting in real life. We have team members at Trip. I have not met in person. Right. Yet. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so. And uh, it was, it was, we were friends no matter what. And uh, it really, whenever you, you apply that to technology or software, um, it doesn't matter what device you're on, you can access your uh, software or whatever you're doing, right? Um, it's interoperability. And so, I, I I don't really have a, a problem with uh, the way that, for example, Meta was was shelling out our their uh, metaverse, right? But I I did have a, a weird problem because we were very we were building that, or we are building that, like already as 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 people as a community. That was something that, like in VR chat, for example, like we we joked that that's the closest thing you could possibly get to a metaverse, um, and I, I think that that's really nothing has changed. Uh, I'm I'm still a fan of the word. Um, there was this uh, I, interesting idea of like no longer using the word metaverse. You know, change. Oh, it people to, were calling it the M word, yeah. <laughs> right? Or or like Nexus, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, really, the idea of it is is solid and sound, and I'm I'm excited for it and the and the uh, mass potentials it brings. Um, and to uh, Meta's credit. They have brought the conversation uh, it, yeah. forward in an acceler- accelerated manner. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that it's going to be people building things for people no matter what. And that's what people are going to end up using. I, I think the risk is always the hype, right? But I think we needed a word mm-hmm. that represent, um, you know, this digital world that we're going to, that represents uh, spatial computing, mm-hmm. that represents, you know, persistence in this digital world. I think we needed a word for that. Right. And and I think going back to how we started the conversation is really expectations, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, we, we all see kind of, hey, what the metaverse can be, I don't know, 10 years from now. But, you know, what we have today are experiences that, you know, will lead into that that vision talking about mobile internet in the early 2000s to me is like talking metaverse now yeah there's very uh, there's a lot of parallels we're yeah. seeing yeah mm-hmm. so yeah like you said we're fully bought in and uh, and because of the investment we're making in in the chips in the software in reference designs and now in ecosystems that's why we're calling um, Snapdragon and Qualcomm as the ticket to the metaverse. Yeah, and thank you for uh, supporting Trip as well mm-hmm. with an investment out of your metaverse funds. That's that's yeah, great. Uh, we are you. happy. Uh, it's definitely an app uh, we are, are really um, encouraged uh, with the potential. So and uh, 
you know, as invested in companies that you had led before, we thought mm -hmm. that was a no brainer. Thank you. Well, let's take that opportunity, like I mentioned, to kind of do the plugs. Let's kind of let everyone know who's been listening. And thank you for all of our listeners. We've seen a pretty consistent number stay on with us throughout this talk. Again, thank you for joining us. So, um, Thrill, why don't you tell, tell everyone where people can find you? Yeah. Um, so on my YouTube channel, Thrill Seeker, um, and that's my main source of, uh, well, I, I say it's your number one resource for the entire week's worth of VR news, um, <laughs> but uh, but also all sorts of other content related to the XR industry. So yeah, Thrill Seeker on YouTube. All right. Great. And you can reach out to me on Twitter at Nanea, N-A-N-E-A, and also find out about Trip on trip.com. And I, also, I just want to shout out to any of the creators who are building mental health focused experiences, something that transforms the way that you feel or shifts your mindset. We'd love to hear from you. We are working uh, with mobile content creators, VR, AR, and uh, our goal is to help people experience your talents and, uh, um, and we're also hiring. Okay, and Hugo, how can people can access access the Snapdragon Spaces SDK and all those different things that we were just talking about? Yeah, so really the call to action is um, um, going to our Spaces uh, page, um, you know, qualcomm.com slash spaces. Um, you'll be guided to how to download the SDK, how to get the hardware uh, developer kit. We also have a Pathfinder uh, program that you can access through the same page. Um, if you're a developer, you want to have access to early um, um, releases of software, uh, have uh, um, tighter collaboration with the Qualcomm, you can apply to the Pathfinder program. And the third one is, um, you know, we have our Metaverse Fund, the Snapdragon Metaverse Fund, which you can also apply. So three call to action points for the developer community. And of course, uh, I think not only developers, we're working together with the whole community uh, on the hardware side, uh, going from the supply chain of camera modules, displays to ODMs and, and OEMs. Uh, Qualcomm here is really to enable the, the industry. All right, great. Thank you, everybody. And one last question before I hit end here. In honor of your cousin, Keanu Reeves, <laughs> I want to ask, we'll end with, uh, what is your favorite Keanu Reeves movie? The uh, Matrix. Here's The Matrix. Yeah. Is that going to be everyone's here? Yeah. You know, I, wait, what is the name of... I, I... Oh, Johnny Mnemonic. Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, I've watched this movie multiple times. It's Johnny... Mnemonic. mnemonic johnny mnemonic, mnemonic yes yeah. uh, i i love that one it's it's a little cheesy also but i love it also appropriate for this well one. i would also say though his um portrayal in parenthood as someone who knows him personally i found it very moving and touching and more like how uh you know i knew him to be at that age yeah. well for me it's speed just, oh, just so yeah. you know that was that's that was my all-time favorite back there in the, in the 90s. <laughs> Anyway, all right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And uh, until next time, uh, uh, be sure to follow us on at Snapdragon, which you probably have if you've been if you've been a part of this chat. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye.